Thanks for joining me for another episode of Accented the Podcast. In each episode, you will hear a fascinating story from one of our guests. And yes, it is real. This series is aimed at English learners who want to improve their listening comprehension by listening to a variety of accents. On today's episode, you will hear from Sadia Khan, who is the podcast host and producer of Immigrantly. Hello, welcome to Accented Learn English Through Conversations. It is about nearly two weeks before the Podcast Choice Awards nominates uh, the winners in the education category, which Accented is nominated for. And while I was looking at the nominees, I came across Sadia Khan's Immigrantly podcast, which I fell in love with. It is a great podcast and I recommend all my listeners out there to go and have a listen to it. Uh, She is originally from Pakistan and moved to the US about nine years ago. So she currently lives in New York. So this episode is featuring a Pakistani accent. I want to jump straight into some phrases and words that were used during the interview. And I want to look first at the phrase that Sadia used, which was the genesis of Immigrantly and Immigrantly being the name of her podcast. So basically, Genesis is the first book in the Jewish and Christian religion, okay? And it's quite important in Western culture to understand Genesis as this is when God created the world. And even if you're not religious, Western culture is generally dominated by uh, Christian influences. So um, especially in uh, a lot of European countries, even uh, South America has a huge Christian presence. And it Genesis is also, of course, um, part of the Jewish culture as well, which the first book of Christianity comes from the Jewish religion. So when she used that term, she was basically saying that it was the creation of her own podcast. So the genesis of Immigrantly. Another term I want to look at is dehumanization, which Sadia mentions in the interview. And when you dehumanize somebody, That could be through abuse and it could also be taking away something from them. In this context, Sadia was talking about immigrants not being a part of the voice in the USA. People were speaking for them who weren't part of their community or part of their group which sometimes happens in Australia too, where we have people who are not part of the minority speaking up for them. And it's quite important that everybody has a voice. I'm going to cover one last phrase before we get into the interview. And this is a very common saying for English speakers to use. And it's short and sweet. Now we say that when 
we have something that is small or is um, not very big and you say, I'm going to be short and sweet. So I'm not going to take a lot of your time and I'm going to be short in this speech or whatever it is you're doing. It's not going to take a very long time. If you'd like a transcript of this podcast, please head to kimslawofenglish.com and you can understand all the vocabulary used in this podcast. On today's episode, I am speaking with Sadia Khan and she is the host and producer of the podcast Immigrantly. Welcome, Sadia. Thank you so much for having me, Kimberly. I'm so excited. So I discovered your podcast because we are both nominated in the People's Choice Podcast Awards in the education category, and you're actually nominated in two categories, uh, Best Asian Podcast Host, is that correct? Yeah. (laughs) Yes, that's correct. That's exciting. Have you been nominated before? No, this is the first nomination and I didn't even know about it. I was in Pakistan when I found out. And to be honest, I received this email and I was like, is this a joke? Like, is this like spam? And then I had to ask people around and they were like, no, it's not. (laughs) What inspired you to create Immigrantly? You know, it's so interesting because Genesis of Immigrantly is based on a cliche. Um, I shouldn't say cliche, but something that a lot of people felt in the US. This was around 2016-17 when um, Trump became president and there was a lot of dehumanization of people of color, immigrants. And at the time I was working at a very small civil society organization which was focused on women's rights internationally. So we were working with UN women, UN entities. And I had just ended my contract with them and I was looking for a job. But then I thought, why not create a platform to tell our stories? Because at that time, it just seemed so unfair and othering the way mainstream media and politicians were creating narratives around who we were. And there were people who were discussing us um, and we were not part of the narrative. So that's how Immigrantly was born. Um, Fun fact, it started as the Alien Chronicles because I was like, you know what? I want to reclaim the term alien. Uh, it's, It's not something that you can reclaim. It's a very toxic term. And a year down the line, I just switched it to Immigrantly which is short and sweet and really representative. Like it really represents what our podcast is all about. So it is about immigrant experiences, but we've gone beyond that. We discuss race, identity and intersectionality of all of that in the US and even around the globe. So you've got quite a few listeners worldwide? I would like to think so, yes. <laughs> I do get, um, I think we have listeners in UK. Shout out to all the listeners in UK and uh, in places like Pakistan, India. But I'm not surprised because uh, diaspora community in America is so diverse. There are so many people who connect with our narratives and our stories. So, yeah. How long have you been in the US? Oh, wow. <laughs> it's been almost 
two decades. I came in early 2000s, um, right around the time when 9-11 happened. So uh, my idea of U.S. or the way I see U.S. is a place that was reeling from a lot of pain and tragedy, but at the same time, it became very paranoid. Um, and I think 9-11 in a way ushered in an era of fear. So people like me were othered from the get-go. So yeah, it, it's been 20 years. It's interesting because there's a documentary here in Australia looking at Muslims and looking at the families that have had kids who are now 20. What has mm-hmm. their experience been post 9-11 to before and that's fascinating because there are children that have been born and that's all they've known exactly they've basically grown under the shadow of 9-11 right um and tomorrow is 20th anniversary of 9-11 and it's um it's an emotional um time I guess it's just like it brings back so many memories of initial years in the US um, and just trying to adjust in a culture which was a bit paranoid about who I was or people like me yeah it's interesting um, because I remember before 9-11 I really didn't know anything about Muslim culture Um, (laughs) I was in um not a country town in Australia, but Mm. I was in a small city that I don't think had a big Muslim population. Mm. And then I compare it with my husband who has grown up in Paris and that's the majority of his friends are a Muslim background. Mm. So it's interesting Mm. how um, now that I'm in Sydney, it's so multicultural here. (laughs) It's a a melting pot, but it's interesting how – um, it wasn't, I don't know, it's it's not something that I really thought about until 9-11 happened. Hmm. And it's like, oh, wow. And now I feel that there is so much, maybe I'm older, maybe that's why. I, I think I was 18 when it happened. Hmm. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's just like, um, it's been an, as I said, it's been a, tough emotional journey having come here at a time when it happened and then being 20 something year old at that time and just trying to adjust to the culture here um, in a way that I'm sure a lot of people did not experience people who came here in the 90s or the 80s or the 70s have a very different experience right so your audience I guess they're just trying to get in touch with their identity? In a way, surprisingly, most of our listeners are A, under 35. So our biggest concentration is in like 23 to 27-year-olds. And most of them are second-generation Americans or people of Mm. color. So it's not immigrants per se. It's not first-generation like myself. And I can understand that and appreciate that because a lot of second generation Americans have that 
identity crisis because they are navigating two cultures and they are American, but then they also have other identities that they weren't able to talk about or assert as much. I see that with my kids, right? My kids are second generation Americans, born and raised here. And for them, navigating two cultures has been challenging. So mm-hmm. I can understand why people who've, who were born and raised here, but they have some other uh, cultural ethnic backgrounds would relate to our stories or our stories would resonate with them. And a lot of our guests are second generation as well. Would you ever go back to Pakistan <sighs> to live? Uh, it's such an, a difficult question. Um, you know, to be honest, I I consider New York home now. This mm-hmm. is home, right? As I said, when I came here, I was so young and this has been home for so long. Pakistan is also home, but as I've grown older, I feel like I've taken on a lot of identifiers that are American in a way. And while maintaining my Pakistani identity and heritage, which I'm so, so, so proud of. But to your question, I don't think so. If, you know, it's it's so difficult to say it um, with 100% certainty. But for now, I don't think so. What is it that you love about the US and that keeps you there? You know, there are so many things that I love about U.S. and that's why I am critical of U.S. too (laughs) most of the times. Uh, But I think that's what's great is you can be critical, you know, like I love Australia, but there's definitely things that I'm very critical of as well. (laughs) You know, and that's the thing. I feel like dissent is patriotic. People don't equate that to patriotism, but I do. I mean, just the general idea of living in such a diverse place and getting to know so many people with different racial, ethnic, sexual identities. Pakistan is a very homogenous, homogeneous, if you may call it, society. And what U.S. has taught me in a very twisted way is how to appreciate diversity and how to appreciate shared human experiences. I may not look like, other people may not look like me, but they have the same human connections that I have. And that's what I really like about US. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, so interesting. Do you have, so on your, your guests on your show, they all sort of have a similar, not similar story, but they have... Um, different aspects of coming to America or growing up as um absolutely absolutely because so that's one thing that our podcast is trying to address right the broad spectrum of humanity and immigration immigrant experience that people are on right um a lot of times immigrants are considered as a monolith or the reasons why they come to us are considered one-dimensional right Uh, what we are trying to do is give more nuanced realistic view of what immigrants are why they come to the us and what the immigrant experience looks like so 
we have people who come as part of elite migration, as you may call it. Like my husband and I, we came here for college. Um, that's a privilege. Not everybody comes here for college. Not everybody can afford to come here for college. Then we have people who are forced to flee their homes and they come as refugees or asylum seekers. And then there are people who constitute working class um, immigrants who come here. Then there are undocumented immigrants who come here. So there's a vast spectrum of human experiences within the broader context of what really constitutes immigrants and immigrant identity. And that's what we are trying to see. So there are so many times when I am just fascinated by the depth and breadth of immigrant experience. Because before starting my podcast, I lived in a bubble. I lived in a silo. I was mostly interacting with my community. I was interacting with people similar to me. And Immigrantly has broadened my idea of what a diverse society or immigrant experience looks like. Yeah, that's. it's interesting how you said that you would gravitate towards your community. Yeah. I think that's normal as humans. It's interesting because I've lived over in Europe in non-English speaking countries. Hmm. And I know um, when I was younger, I, I arrived in Italy and you would think, oh, all European, the cultural differences aren't different, but they're different. <laughs> it's funny. They're like, oh, but we're European, you know, or I've got a European background, you know. So it is different. And I really, I definitely, I made myself live with Italian people because I was like, well, I'm here to learn Italian and I'm here to, you know, try and uh, not get stuck living with English people. Um <laughs> As you can, but then sometimes you would go, oh, I really need to speak to somebody on my wavelength or someone that yeah. understands where I'm coming yeah. from too because it's um, it's fantastic learning about new cultures. But as people, I think sometimes we also want, want to be understood. And, yes. um, yeah. yeah, Yeah. But I would say this, it's important to have that cultural connection, but sometimes it's more interesting to um, venture out of those. Mm, That's what I've learned. Um, It gives you, it's a humbling experience in some ways because you learn so much more about yourself and about others through that. And it's interesting too. Like I think, you know, when you first arrived in the US, you know, it would be a lot different to what it is now and maybe... You know, when you go back to Pakistan, it's like, oh, wow, I've changed. You know, same with me when I've come back after living overseas and I go back to maybe people that I knew and so much has changed. It's like, no, I've changed as a person and maybe the people I gravitate to are the people that have lived in other places in the world because we have a similar experience. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I And that's why sometimes I call my immigrant experience as... Like, I consider myself a nomad. I feel like home is elusive now. Home has become elusive for me. When I go back to Pakistan, they think I'm, I act like I'm, like I'm, they think I'm American. When I come here, they think like I'm Pakistani. So I'm like, okay, where do I fit? I don't fit anywhere anymore, uh, which has its upside and downside. But yeah, I totally agree with what you're saying. Yeah, 
That's it. And then you just find people that are like-minded like yourself. (laughs) You go, okay, well, this is my group. (laughs) But I think you're right. It's good to, um, I don't know, as I'm getting older, I have lots of different groups. Now that I have kids too, you have your parent groups. You have all these groups that is just, um, yeah, it's nice. And I think think you're right. It's about venturing out and discovering new things and... Yeah, you can have those people that you reach out to when you need to and it's, yeah, it's lovely. Absolutely, absolutely. Oh, well, excellent. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show and discussing your awesome podcast. I think a lot of Australians would love to listen to it too, being, you know, Australia and the US do have similar backgrounds where we have a multitude of immigrants and um, mm. various cultures Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure speaking with you. No, thank you so much. Have a lovely day. You too. Thank you. Hey. Thanks for listening to another episode of Accented. I'm your host, Kimberly Law. Accented is released on the 15th and 30th of each month. If you'd like to find out more about me, please head to kimslawofenglish.com. I'd love to hear your thoughts, so don't forget to leave a review of the podcast or even a star rating. Speak to you soon.